Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Unfortunately, I put on a few pounds over the holidays. It was my wife's cherry strudel that really got me. If you put on a few too, maybe a little advice from today's guest will help you reach your fitness goals in the new year. I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people doing the most fascinating work here in the greater Sarasota area. I also believe if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. I'm very pleased to welcome Aaron Gooding, owner and operator of Fit Concepts. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Aaron, his journey to become a certified fitness trainer, the top three New Year's resolutions people make and how to achieve them, the importance of consistency, who should reach out to Aaron if you need help, and much, much more. I'm sure you'll enjoy today's episode, but more importantly, it's my hope that you'll listen, that you'll learn, and connect. Aaron Gooding, owner and operator of Fit Concepts. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. You know, I, I have to give our listeners a little bit of background. I met Aaron at a Christmas party, good friend of ours. And it was, I see the theme was, gosh, what was the theme? The theme was, oh, Christmas. we had to wear Christmas pajamas, I think it was. Naughty or nice. That was the theme. And it was at my good friend's uh, Charlie Shrimp's house. He's actually episode 51, if you want to go hear that episode, listeners. But anyway, so we're at a party, and I see this guy sitting there with a pink rabbit suit on, ears, hoodies, the whole nine yards, which I think is from the, the and it's aired every year, it's called The Christmas Story, right? I think it comes from, from, I think it comes from that show. And I said, this is a guy who this is a guy who is confident in his manhood. (laughs) I would like to think that. (laughs) I said, this is a, this is a guy who's definitely got machismo. You know, if he's going to walk around in a big pink uh, rabbit outfit and whatnot. So anyways, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks. Well, listen, we're going to start off with my favorite question and we're going to get into all things fitness because we're recording here on January 3rd, so I have some goals set. I bet a few of our listeners out there do as well. 
But I have to ask you my favorite question. What's one thing most people don't know about Aaron Gooding? So aside from fitness, uh, I've got a pretty big passion in art. And my father kind of drug me into it. And uh, I'm also a fused glass artist outside of the fitness realm. Cool. What is fused glass? What is that? So fused glass is a process. We take plate glass and we put it into this massive kiln, similar to casting pottery. Um, And we heat these kilns up to about 1500 degrees and it melts the glass together. We utilize different techniques to get different designs and uh, patterns, etc., And then what we do is it goes through uh, an annealing process and we put it back into the kiln, um, into a drop mold, and it will slump into the drop mold and take the shape of whatever the size and piece is that we are manufacturing. Well, that's very cool. I can. It sounds very similar to what I used to do in high school, which is work in a steel mill. And so I used to heat up this bar steel and it was, I don't know, 2000 degrees or whatever, but your sounds a lot more interesting than what I did. Cause I just stood there all day and pounded out these different forms. Well, that's very cool. So you're a bit of a Renaissance guy. You're into fitness and you're into art. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stay well-rounded, right? You can't, you can't tip the scales too much in either direction. So you are a personal fitness trainer, but you actually have more background than just taking a couple of certifications course. What is your background in fitness? That's correct. Um, so I, I've always been passionate about fitness, and I got into fitness um, leaving a career selling and renting timeshares. Um, but I got my proper education at the National Institute of Personal Training. NPTI. They are located in Winter Park, Orlando. Um, and I, I went there and I got a degree in exercise physiology. Um, but I didn't want to stop there. I wanted to continue to expand my, my education and knowledge. So I uh, participated in uh, the National Academy of Sports Medicine um, certification process. I specialized in athletic performance and corrective exercise. And it's uh, it's really just led me down this rabbit hole of fitness. So, so were you active in in high school? I mean, or you you avid sports fan that kind of led you in that direction? Yeah, I've been an athlete my whole life. Um, playing baseball when I was younger, swim team in high school. I got into competitive wakeboarding. I used to compete right here in Sarasota at ski Right, um, right. Did some traveling with that. Never at the professional level but had a lot of fun with it later on in life, got into some mixed martial arts. And just, I, I, I'm very much like a, an adventure seeker, adrenaline junkie, anything that's like Vin Diesel says fast enough to do something stupid on. Right. I was that's when I was really younger, not anymore it. though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. Well, that's great. Well, so tell us a little bit more. How, why did you decide to go into this industry? Because there is, you know, considerable amount of competition, you're obviously very fit. I mean, you go to your website and, and there's some some uh, pictures there of you and some of the other students that you have on the website. You're obviously very fit, but tell us about the industry and why you decided to go into it. So I'm, I'm really passionate about fitness and starting out in fitness. I, I really got my start in the industry in 2017. And since then, I've noticed even leading up to it, 
I noticed there is a large amount of misinformation, false information, information that can really, you know, cause injury to people. I'm sure, have you heard of Liver King? I'm very familiar. It, it, tell our listeners what the Liver King is about. So Liver King, he's just a fitness, quote unquote, fitness guru. He's an Instagram character. And, you know, he really promotes the whole, the consumption of organ meats, etc. living a specific, like, I don't know, a proto-nomadic lifestyle. Like a carnivore's diet type of deal. Yeah. And, you know, there's evidence to back it up. There's evidence to completely pull it apart. And he recently got popped for steroid use. And this is what I hate in our industry, in my industry. It's you get these fitness fanatics that, you know, have a quick rise to fame. They're promoting some kind of radicalized version of fitness or nutrition, claiming all these different things. And it's never, ever, ever what it it seems to be. And I actually I actually saw him. I think I saw him on the Joe Rogan show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he walks around. I mean, for, just for our listeners, since, since this is audio only, you know, for our listeners, this guy, I mean, he's got lot, kind of like long hair. He's got a deep, dark tan. He's got a big beard. He kind of wears the ball cap on backwards. He's like, seems like everywhere he goes, he's shirtless. But he's extremely well-built guy, and he just espoused this liver and organ diet. And if you eat like I do, you'll look like me. However, he was lying. He was taking steroids. He was taking steroids. He was taking anabolic steroids. And yeah, I mean, there's a there's a time and a place and an application for steroids within testosterone replacement therapy and everything. But outside of that, in the sports realm and the fitness realm, there's no place for it. It does not. It's not going to benefit you if it's not something that you need medically. It's not a shortcut. It you don't want to start messing with your hormones and all that because that's just a rabbit hole that you're going to dive down and end up in the doctor's office more often than not. Right. And, and, you know, Instagram is to blame, I think, for a lot of this as well, particularly for women um, and photoshopping. You know, if, if you exer- buy my exercise course or this supplement or whatnot, you can look like me. And so much of this stuff is complete gibberish. And I know enough about nutrition, enough about uh, exercise to know that the majority of this, I would say the majority of it has some twist to it this complete gobbledygook and you really have to put in the hard work and, uh, you know, eat, you know, consistent nutritional diet. Yeah. That's, you know, when it comes to fitness and nutrition, um, consistency is really the, the, the main element that you need to incorporate. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in the gym every single day, pushing it for an hour. It doesn't mean that you have to be eating, uh, chicken and rice with broccoli for every dinner um, you know the sustainable stuff and the stuff that works is much more simple than we we make it out to be and that's really what my main goal getting into fitness has been is cutting through all of all of the the red tape and the confusion and kind of giving people a light at the end of the tunnel to say look it's as long as you keep moving forward and you adhere to whatever it is that your goals are and the program is, you will get those results that you need. So, so in the five years that you've been in the industry, what, what do you find most fascinating about the discipline? I guess, you know, working with clients and, and, and groups, 
What, what, what's fascinating to you about the fitness industry? You're speaking about discipline when you ask the question first. I always like to, to compare that, you know, because discipline kind of ebbs and wanes, right? It's, I'll have um, clients that, you know, will, will be good for three months and then they might miss a couple classes, miss a week, and then they're good for another three months and they're pushing hard, hard, hard. And um, what I find is that we, we really have seasons in life. About a year and a half ago, I got hit by a truck on my bicycle and had to go through some rehab stuff. I'm oh still my. seeing a chiropractor. It's a oh big thing. Yeah. Um, I herniated L5S1. I've got three bulging discs in my neck. Um, so my fitness level really, really took a hit because I wasn't able to rip 400 pounds off the ground like I was a few days before the accident. You know, I, I have to do things much more calculated, slower. I have an injury now. And that's what I've, a lot of people, you know, they might get injured and it just knocks them off of their horse. Or it, But what it really comes down to is being able to change gears. We talked about New Year's goals and everything. You know, once we get to about like May or March in that area, springtime, people really start to fall off with their fitness goals. And I don't believe it's a problem with adherence to the program but we talked about this at the party when we met and you asked me a question on periodization right and i think you remember that what. really got let's, me let's interested get, in chatting with you and i want to get into that i want to get into that in just a little bit here because because, okay. because now we're going to get down into just um, and i do want to get into some specific for our listeners to say you know how do we make, you know, it's the old mantra, how, how to make 2023 your best year ever, you know, and get into your ultimate fitness shape, you know, LGN, look good naked, right? Right. So that's, yeah, the, that's, that's, the that's, what, that's what everybody wants. But I, I guess, I guess more, more, you know, kind of back to the point is, but I, I guess, what do you find fascinating about the, I guess about the industry itself? Because okay. you've been, you're an athlete and, and now you're working with people. What, what, what is it that really kind of jazzes you up? It's ever evolving. Mm. In the, what way? In exercise selection, the things that are really beneficial to us. And I find it funny because I focus heavily on strength training with my clients. It's so beneficial for so many different reasons. But what I consistently see in the fitness industry, especially since I've been active in it, is a constant return to strength training. You see all of these different fitness franchises, gyms, etc., promote all these group classes, private training sessions and stuff, saying that, you know, you lose weight quick, this, that, and the other thing. That's great. But there is no more sustainable way to improve your fitness than through that concentrated strength training. And even as evolving as fitness is, it kind of always makes that comeback to strength training in some capacity. And that's one of the things that really interests me about the industry. Well, that, that's fascinating because, again, I'm in my sixth decade. That's six. So so I've been very mindful of, of trying to keep my strength up. And I gravitate towards lifting more than I do Let's say with stretching, <laughs> I don't like to stretch. Uh, so, so, 
so that's kind of, that'd be kind of like the weak part, you know, for me in particular. But the strength aspect of it, you know, obviously is very important because, you know, we atrophy, we sit more this because of this wealthy environment that we live in. We, you know, everything is automated. I mean, for crying out loud, you don't even have to buy your groceries. You know, you can you can have it delivered to your door. So so it's interesting that you find the strength aspect. Now, you mentioned earlier that you had gotten injured, that you were hit by a truck for crying out loud. You know, on the on the on the flip, and that you can't do the things that you used to, or you have to be more mindful of it. On the flip side, do you think that you took that hit better, or yes. were able to rebound because you're in a much fitter state than probably most guys your age? I've got a wonderful chiropractor, and I have been on the fence about chiropractic work my entire life until I needed one. And I consulted him, and I've consulted some physical therapist friends and everything, and. I do believe it's because of my fitness level that I'm not dead or wow. worse injured than I am. The ability to absorb uh, an impact or transverse force or anything to the body is greatly improved through physical training. You can't just take an average Joe Schmo and throw him in the octagon to fight a mixed martial arts bout. You know, he's not going to be conditioned for that. Now, my wife, you could. I'm sure she's a total badass. <laughs> she is with me. She's a sweetheart. I don't mess yeah. with her. I don't mess right with her on. ever, but, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, but you know, the, the, the conditioning strength and conditioning aspect of the, of fitness is, is what everybody needs. It's, um, you know, the ability to extend, to flex, to rotate, all of that under resistance, building up our type one and type two muscle fibers, um, really working uh, movements that promote our day to day local motion, whatever activities it is that we're participating in. When I write my programs for my clients, I always assess their movement patterns. I assess their lifestyles. I assess their sport or athletic outlets. And I build their programs surrounding that. Now, um, now that's fascinating. How do you how do you build a program around their movement styles? I haven't heard that. That's fascinating. So, how um, I'll answer your question with a question: How many hours a day are you seated? Well, I'm a podcaster, and I do it virtually, so, <laughs> so <laughs> quite a bit, uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. This is a movement pattern. Being seated is a movement pattern. You are in a flexed position. It's an isometric position for your hips. It really does a lot of kind of unnatural things to our bodies. Our, our, the human body is not to be meant to be seated in a, in a regular seated position as we find ourselves quite often. A more natural position for us to be in would be to be in like a deep squat position like you see children when they're first learning to walk. The reason the seated position is not good, like I said, because it, it puts your hip flexors into kind of a flex position it pulls strangely on muscles in your back, in your legs, etc. Um, it's, it's just, it's not great. Um, another thing, typing, being on the computer, utilizing phones, it pulls our shoulders forward. It can cause spinal deviations such as kyphosis, lordosis, etc. These are all things that are directly preventable through exercise and fitness. You mentioned Aaron, I, our, I have to, I have to interrupt you because you're hitting some of my buttons right here. Because what was fascinating to me is. 
you talk about how it puts you, you know, being on a computer puts your shoulders forward and you get that hump neck look and whatnot. So I actually have a mat in my in my house and I will go out there when I take breaks and I will lay if I lay completely flat on my back. It takes a few seconds, actually more than a few seconds, probably takes a good 20, 25 seconds for my head to be able to go all the way back and really become parallel with the rest of my body. Uh, and, and so I noticed I was developing that that position you were talking about, shoulders forward, because I'm always looking down at the keyboard or whatever it is. And I could see over a long period of time where that could cause some real problems. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just a lifetime of that. It's just reinforcing negative movement patterns or movement yep. patterns that um, will kind of pull on your posture in different ways. and how how many people do you know with knee replacements, hip replacements, back problems, et cetera? I got it's two hip all... replacements. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm falling apart, Aaron. No, you're just a biometric man. <laughs> bionic I'm, a good, man. I'm a bionic man right now. Yeah. <laughs> all the metal. You know, exercise can do great things for us. And then we can kind of contradict that with our, our movement and everything. So, that's that's what I refer to when I assess an individual's movement. And by the way, laying flat on a flat ground, a hard like hard ground, right? Um, with movement patterns, kind of such as yourself, for those who are seated at a desk or in school or behind the computer, um, taking you know ten fifteen minutes to just lie flat on the ground during the day, um, and just kind of you know if you do it at the end of the day, just kind of as a decompression thing or in the middle of the day. Uh, Allow yourself to use it kind of as a meditative process just to to process. Yeah, we well, what that. I'm meditating on is, you know, oh, Lord, can you help me get up? So, <laughs> well, but but no, I mean, and I just kind of discovered this one day. I, I don't know. I was watching some guy walk around. I was like, man, his his neck was so far forward. He was older than myself. And, you know, gravity and age and everything like this, you know, obviously works against us. But I just noticed that that. Let me lay down on the ground. And I was just amazed because I didn't realize how much that was that was impacting me. So you assess all these things with your with your clients. Want let's let's get into a little bit more about some of the specifics. Let's talk about nutrition. There's a lot of confusion about nutrition out there. Or all, I mean, if there's anything that is fad and has been that way for 50 years, has been nutrition and. You know, I, I will say in my readings, and you can say whether this is this is right or not, but like, for example, professional bodybuilders, they can lift the weight, but they say that really to reach their goals, it's the nutrition that plays the majority of the success that they realize. And I would assume it's the say for, you know, weekend warriors like me. Talk about that if you would. So you mentioned bodybuilders, and uh, I got to mention, I got to say this. I've got a ton of friend of body that are bodybuilders. Some that are are very well recognized, some that are aspiring. I hate bodybuilding. I hate everything that bodybuilding surrounds. I really believe that bodybuilding is kind of the antithesis of fitness because of how you have to train yourself to get that look that they're after when they get on stage. You're right. Everything that they're doing is really influenced by their, their nutrition. They can do the movements, they can lift the weight, but to be able to have the discipline to put yourself in a caloric deficit while training at those those high levels 
It's excruciating. It's dangerous. For the average person, you risk injury. I was thinking about getting into bodybuilding just to see if I could do it and everything. The diet alone just beat me up so much that that, I, that was, was a non-starter, so huh? Enjoyable. I was <laughs> I, I kicked that really quick, um, and I'm glad I did because I'm really more focused on the proper implementation of fitness with nutrition and and everything. So when it comes to nutrition, um, one of my main, you know, main takeaway for anybody with the show in regards to nutrition is consistency. Find something that is sustainably consistent for you in, in regards to a healthy diet and stick with it. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of the keto diet, but if your body responds well to it, and if you can sustain that type of diet, then that's fine. If it's the Mediterranean diet or the South Beach diet or the paleo diet, if you find that your body operates well and responds well to any of those, do it. When I'm teaching my clients to diet and utilize that in, in their own capacity, I really like to practice what I call intuitive eating. Pay attention to your body. What is your body telling you? Prior to exercise, if you're feeling a little, little sluggish and stuff, it's not a bad thing to grab, you know, I don't want to go as far as, you know, grab, grab some sweets at the gas station, but grab an orange juice and maybe a granola bar or something, something that's going to have some good fats and good, healthy, natural sugars in it to spike your glycemic index, give you a good amount of energy. Bananas are a great snack to have prior to going to the gym or if your energy levels are low. And then, you know, throughout the day, um, one of the things that I practice myself with regards to nutrition, I stay completely vegan through about 12 o'clock during the day. And I do really? that because I want to maintain as much of an anti-inflammatory environment in my body to promote muscle growth as I can. You don't want to be consuming foods that are going to be inflammatory to your soft tissue while you're inflaming your soft tissue through exercise. You know, again, you're hitting on a button of mine because I had some, you know, I tried glycerides and cholesterol problems and, and I started to educate myself about nutrition because unfortunately, I think particular uh, typical physicians, I shouldn't say typical, how should I put it? I, uh, uh, traditional medical physicians have had very little nutritional training and i've read enough to know that inflammation is a major major issue i think for the average american i mean you gotta you, you just have to think that bad things happen when you eat all of these foods that have words on the back of the package that you can't pronounce and you don't know where they came from like they were not supposed to go in our bodies and so it's interesting you mentioned that particularly you say you eat a vegan diet until noon because I've gone plant-based because of some of the blood lipids in my uh, panel. And I'm convinced that even bigger than cholesterol, because our body manufactures cholesterol, we, we all know that, is the inflammation issue. And so I, now trust me, I have my moments. <laughs> I, I I do have some food addictions at times, you know, particularly at night. I really got to watch that. But I really do try and adhere to that low inflammation diet 
that uh, is working for me. That's great. Is it, uh, are you on the blood type diet then, or is it? No, no. It's just it. I, I wouldn't say I, I don't even like the term vegan anymore because, like so many things, have become politicized. Well, I just say plant based, and so you know, I eat a lot of soy rather than meat protein. D- did I did I nail it over the holidays? You betcha. You know, because there's all those things I grew up with. But but now I, I I'm getting back to what I need. When I, what I'm convinced I need, which is really low inflammation diet. It's very similar to Mediterranean, uh, mm-hmm. probably a little more restrictive, uh, less animal products. And so uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I talked with a cardiologist, young guy, and he, but he had he was very heavy. Excuse me, his family uh, had a lot of heart disease, and so from the get go, as he was going to medical school, one he just maintained a plant-based diet he even takes a a um a statin and he's had no you know no heart problems etc but he is just preparing or he's being preventative in going in that direction but i asked him point blank i said well so is it cholesterol or is it inflammation he said it's both so i've really become convinced that our real problem is inflammation and i think it's starting to catch on more and more in mainstream medicine so I, I, you know, what do you think? I agree. Um, I have occasionally, um, when it comes to diet and nutrition, I'll have my clients get a food sensitivity panel done through their health provider. Cool. Um, and I always refer them to their health provider first because I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a nutritional coach. Um, you know, being able to tell people to eat eight ounces of chicken breast and three ounces of green beans is kind of out of my scope of practice. However, what I can do is guide them. You know, it's uh, when we're looking at health and nutrition, you know, when you're selecting proteins, it's always a better decision to select, you know, a lower inflammatory protein source than a higher inflammatory protein source. What, if, what, if, what would that be? What, what, what's your understanding of what that might be? So stay away from red meat. You know, the whole got beef campaign and is got milk or uh, beef. It's what's for dinner and got milk, right? Sorry, I got those confused. Yeah. Um, I really feel like these are two of the worst campaigns we could have ever run in our nation as a nutritional as nutritional information, red meat is going to have, you know, there's so much acidity in it. It's going to cause so much blockage and backup. And, you know, a lot of people already know the negative effects of over consuming red meat. I really recommend trying to get a majority of your protein sources from either vegan or vegetarian options or fish or poultry. And a majority of those, you know, um, and I, I personally try to limit myself to three to four servings of red meat a week. And that includes things like bacon and sausage. You know, it's not just steak. I find that a lot of people forget or, or neglect to acknowledge breakfast foods. <laughs> right. Um, so that's something that I always like to touch base on when I talk to people about nutrition. You know, if you're consuming a lot of red meat, you have to look at or, or if you're getting a lot of gut issues or um, inflammation issues from from red meats, you got to look at how much of that are you eating. Uh, my mother's family uh, has an Angus farm in upstate New York, so you better believe. Growing up, I was eating a ton of steak, 
a ton of beef. They were raised on it. And um, you, you see some of the effects of that in my mother's side of the family. Right. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, my father-in-law, he's, he's on the other end of the spectrum. He was really big into lifting and everything, and he was taking tons of whey protein. Right. He essentially poisoned himself with whey protein. Um, wow. and now he's, uh, you know, he, he can't have, uh, dairy in that manner. He's a little bit lactose intolerant because of that. Oh man. Um, yeah. So we, we can, you know, we really have to be conscious about those things that we're introducing or putting into our mouths, introducing to our bodies. Well, so, so when you have a, a client reach out to you, take us through the hoops of, I know we were talking earlier about how you, how you watch. You, you talk about their lifestyle and, and how they move and, and those types of things. But give us a scenario. Someone will come to you and you will work with them at the gym. You go to the local park. You know, everything can be, is so flexible today. And there's a lot of sharing of resources out there. So give me a typical scenario, what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, so um, mainly I train out of uh, the gym that I contract with right downtown Sarasota. It's called Definition Fit. It's uh, very much a boutique fitness uh, gym. And here we... Um, uh, you know, I'll have a client either come meet me there or I'll, I'll meet with them at one of the local parks if they prefer outdoor training. And I'll take them through a series of assessments, overhead squat assessment, functional movement screening um, are just some of the things that I do. But also it's a constant monitoring of that client's movement patterns through their exercise. If I, you know, how they walk into the gym, how they walk out of the gym, I'm always assessing posture in that manner to make sure uh, an individual is getting exactly what they need in their exercise selection and training program. After I meet with an individual, I will put together a, a program for them based on their needs. Um, may it be weight loss, training for a specific event, active lifestyle training. Right. Um, I have a lot of clients that are avid mountaineers and go on extreme hikes I was going to say mountaineers basis. in Florida. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's a lot of seasonal people. Uh, a couple of people from Indiana, out west, uh, northeast. Sure. Um, but you know, they go all over the place. I had some of my clients who were out in Alaska, summiting a couple mountains in Alaska this last spring. But um, it's great, and you know, working with with that kind of individual, you know, it's a lot of stability, endurance training, working on on mobility. Um, extensibility, flexibility, utilizing right. a lot of, uh, you know, yoga flows, kind of like animal movements. Um, one of my favorite movements for developing upper body strength through your chest and shoulders is called an alligator push-up. And my clients love it and they hate it when I incorporate that movement because it's a very dynamic movement, but it's difficult. But, um, but, it, but, but it helps people improve their mobility and whatnot. Now, I know you trainers. I know you come up with all these movements that can <laughs> – where we end up hating you guys. I've worked for worked with a couple of trainers in my past before, so I didn't like them very much a lot of times too. Yeah, I, I do. Just in the time that we have left, I kind of want to move towards the New Year's resolutions because we were talking before I hit record that you, you recently read that there were three resolutions or New Year's resolutions – the three primary New Year's resolutions that most people have. Tell us what those are, and no one's going to be surprised, but tell us what those are and then uh, how you address those with your clients. Yeah, so 
turned on the news this morning and they immediately are talking about New Year's resolutions. The three top New Year's resolutions for 2023 are to lose weight, to eat healthier, and to become more active. The number one, losing weight. You can best modify that through your diet and nutrition. When it comes to exercise and exercise selection, if an individual is new to exercise, I always recommend just getting out and walking. That's right. going to be hugely beneficial. Um, on top of that, if you can swim, swimming is great. Light exercise, jogging, cycling, etc. Something enjoyable. But the best thing to do when regards to weight loss is really modifying your, your nutrition and eating habits. Um, when it comes to... Um, when it comes to becoming more active, I, once again, I always try and engage people in activities that they find enjoyable. Right. Um, pickleball is picking up an immense amount of steam locally and worldwide right now. It Fastest is growing wonderful... sport in the world, to my knowledge, or at least the United States. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's really picking up steam. It's a great sport. There's a ton of lateral movement. There, you're working in each plane of motion, um, moving forward, side to side, up and down. It's, uh, and, and it's, it's very cardiovascularly engaging, which is awesome. Um, so incorporating active lifestyle, I like to, you know, always supplement some type of fitness program with that. And, you know, they all kind of overlap. All three goals can really kind of be facilitated through the same means. Um, you know, when it's, when it comes to, Weight loss, you want to have that aspect of physical fitness. When it comes to becoming more active, you, 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 the, the, the fitness is going to improve upon your movement patterns. Um, I a think, runner. I think, yeah. And, and what, you know, what I've, I've experienced in my own, own life, and I've, you read about this, so there's always a spillover effect. I mean, if, if you want to become more physically fit, then of course you eat better. You, you know, you, you get more intentional about sleeping better. You don't drink as much, so there's there's always that type of a, a spillover effect, and so they're they're not mutually exclusive. So uh, I, I'm trying to do do that myself this year too. So I will say I think weight loss is not my number one goal, but it it's up there. It's real close. And the, the problem mm -hmm. is that sometimes I set too many goals, you know. So it's, it's like you know you chase two rabbits, you catch none. So, but uh, those are some of the things that uh, that I have on on my calendar. Matter of fact, it's over here on my right shoulder so but um well listen um who who should reach out to you aaron if uh they want to know more and they want to get in the best shape of their life i work with people in in all fitness levels i i i really enjoy working with people new to exercise and showing them that exercise can be a lot more fun than initially anticipated um, but I also have a special spot reserved for those, those performance athletes, elite athletes. Um, you know, being able to, to work with somebody in that capacity is, is just amazingly validating for me. Cool. Um, but it's, you know, I run the whole gamut. Um, and I don't like to tie myself down to any one specific demographic in the fitness industry because it allows me to keep things interesting for myself and challenge myself and at my own education. Well, so, and I'm on your website right now and it's fitconcepts.com and that's F I T dash concepts.com. And I'm just looking here. You have, you know, your services, you have personal training, you have private 
small group training. You have online and remote training, which is a new thing, I think, because of COVID. You also do some partner-assisted stretching. Boy, I tell you what, given how much I sit, I may need help with that in my hamstrings there. And then well, also hey, I'd some. I'd love to help you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I may have to reach out to you because I've been sitting this year, my third interview today. So I do, do need to get move around. But, anyways, um, Aaron, I appreciate you being on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah, I'll uh, go ahead and give you guys just some quick tips for the new year and uh, becoming the best, healthiest version of yourselves that you can. Please do. Um, for those of you aiming for any fitness goal, cutting out as much excess sugar as you can is going to benefit you. Drinking as much water as you can is going to benefit you. I always recommend around a gallon a day. Also, eliminating alcohol from your diet if you can. I know that's not doable for everybody, but if you can eliminate alcohol from your diet, it's going to benefit you immensely. And when it comes to fitness, if uh, depending on your activity level, if it's if it's going from sedentary to active, monitoring your steps, getting um, some type of step counter or pedometer is going to benefit you greatly. Um, for those who are already active in fitness, switching up your routine, not consistently. But on a quarterly basis, switching up your routine, if you go to um, like a group class, go to a different group class. Um, if you're working with a trainer, make sure you're setting multiple goals throughout the year. Um, always be working towards something and, and understand that, that there's not one specific way to do it that is better than the others. Well, that's very cool. And that's a good place to, to cut off here. Aaron, I appreciate you being on the podcast. And I also want to put a bug in our listeners' ears. If you need the accountability, there's nothing like having a personal trainer that you are paying to hold you accountable. So I would encourage you to uh, to reach out to Aaron if that's what you need. Aaron, once again, it's a pleasure having you on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you very much. It was wonderful chatting. I look forward to uh, to hearing the podcast when it comes out. Cool. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.